All right, two hours down. One to go. One hour to go. T. Raj out at the uh, U.S. Open. Uh, Clinton Yates in the house. Pre- appreciate everybody being a part of the show. So this one's kind of interesting. I know this. Uh, this this goes back to my Aztecs here. Before we get into um, Michael Jordan selling the team, Woj had an interesting quote about the Lakers. San Diego State has notified the Mountain West that the school intends to resign from the conference per Pete Thamel. SDSU exploring all options have not yet received a formal invitation from any Power Five conference. Not the craziest thing. I think everybody's expecting yeah. them to get into a Power Five. I hope the Pac-12. Yeah, Pac-12. Yeah. Else, maybe Big t- Big Ten? Twelve? No, sorry. Big, Big 12. 12. I can't yeah. live in a world where San Diego State's in the Big 12. That's weird to do you me. you know why they would do that? I know. I, I get it. I get it. Not even just them. The Big 12 just wants, they want a West Coast, West Coast time. They want one of those in the mix. I mean. I, also, basketball is big for that, too. SC yeah. and UCLA are going to. Which is an abomination, mm-hmm. if you're asking me. If I'm, you know, I, 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 I've i drained a lot of. sport. Drained a lot of my energy today yelling about stupid stuff. But yeah. I, I hate the fact that those teams are going to the Big Ten. I get it. It's the money. It's the money. It's the money. Send the football team. That's all you got to do. If I'm a mom of a kid that plays goalie on the soccer team, I don't want to go to Piscataway on a Wednesday to watch her play if she goes yeah. to SC. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever. Like I, I have a lot of issues with conference realignment, none of which have to do with revenue. So, I, I mean, I, I'll tell you as a consumer, well, I, I'm in. Sure. I want to watch UCLA and USC going you up against- You want to watch football. And basketball. And that's it. Yeah, There's but I'm I'm only watching I'm only though. watching basketball and football. Period. Right, but what I'm saying is that like for the it larger all the other members sports. of the sporting community, yeah. it's uprooting way too much, in my opinion, for the sake of two sports. I get it; they fund the departments. Don't tell me this; like I don't know this; I understand, but I just think that lower level sports are getting a big time shaft in the situation that people don't realize in terms of what the experience is for the student athletes. What I think it's fair to understand, they don't care. Right? No. And I'm not telling you that that's okay. No, yeah. What I'm right. telling you is that they literally don't give a you know what because Correct. they would be still in the Pac 12 yeah. and they'd be facing Arizona and Oregon and Stanford and Cal and all these other schools that, that, that obviously makes the most sense. They just don't care. Nope, not at all. They just don't care. Okay, so if, if I ask you this, I, I know there's a financial side to it, but let me, let me do my best to kind of set this up with, with Michael Jordan. Jordan still, for most, considered the greatest to ever play the game, right? right. You want to say, ah, sure. no, I think yeah. it's Kareem. I think it's Braun. Sedale 3, yeah. Sedale 3. Um, he became, he was the first former player to become the majority owner of an NBA franchise, okay? That always stuck with me. I'm like, damn, look at Michael Jordan after, yes, the man was arguably the greatest in any sport to Nike, do what he everything, did. everything. Everything. Marketer's dream. Um, everything that he did, the way every highlight, the clutchness, the six and zero in the NBA, all that stuff, six Finals MVPs, and then he becomes the owner of the Hornets, and he owned the team for thirteen years. So he paid two hundred and seventy five mil to own the Charlotte's uh, Charlotte's NBA franchise. Did it in two thousand and ten. Held on for thirteen years. His sale is expected to value the Hornets at approximately. $3 billion this is coming Ooh. from front office sports. In 13 years, he's going to go from 275 to $3 billion. The Hornets are worth $3 bill? My goodness. You know what's crazy about that, too? When that's Bomber, from front office sports. That's right. the number I got it from. Okay. When, when Bomber bought the Clippers, 
I think it was two when he bought him. That was like six years. No, no, that was actually eight, nine years ago or something like that. Right. I think it was 2015 is when he bought him. Um, so MJ, this is, I mentioned first player to become majority owner of a, of an NBA franchise. When, when you look at back at Michael Jordan as an owner, what do you think of? You know, you mentioned this on the other side, and I, I sort of collected my thoughts on it because I wasn't sure that I just had a sort of an outright take. But now that we're in 2023 and we see – it feels like every week we've got a different random celebrity who's popping up as an owner because they got a piece. They got a piece of the piece or whatever. Like every, J. Cole is going to be part of this. Yes, everybody's mm-hmm. an owner. Michael Jordan actually owned the team. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he was majority the majority owner. owner and he would go to games – and when the team wasn't doing well, sometimes he'd get his butt down on the practice court and show him how it was done. I think that what he did was be what an owner should be. You didn't hear a lot about Michael Jordan when he owned the team. He wasn't out here embarrassing people or making moves or making it all about himself. He bought a squad in his home state because he wanted to be a part of the NBA machine. Mm-hmm. I think he did a great job. The Hornets are relevant. The Hornets have not dipped in terms of who they were. I mean, I think there was a time when the Hornets were super popular, but that was when they were an expansion team and everybody was wearing their starter jackets. That's a different matter. The Hornets are a completely viable franchise in the NBA that might not have had a ton of success, but what are we doing here? here here's, I think it's gone well. Here's the question. It certainly that, hasn't gone worse. Here's the question badly. you got to ask yourself. I think the question is... How do you define success? Because I think most people would say, hey, Michael Jordan as an owner, I yeah, that didn't work out. billion is pretty successful. So that, this is where I was going to say define yeah. the success. Because if we're just saying, well, how did his product do on the floor? They never won a no. playoff round. They no. never won a playoff series. And in the NBA, where you get eight teams from each side to get in, the chances of you winning around is not that crazy, right? Like there are plenty of franchises, well-known franchises, not the Oklahoma City Thunder is a is a is a small market ran franchise. They're a good good sure. franchise. They ran really really well. But the question I would say when people kind of jump initially to Michael Jordan was an awful owner. I'm going to go back to this, okay? He has been the league's only black majority owner. He bought the team for $275 million. He's still going to have a minority stake. The valuation is $3 billion. I go back. He's the first former player to become the majority owner of an NBA franchise. I just go back to this. What is your definition of success? Right. If it's just based on the court, I don't think that's fair. And I think if it's just based on the valuation of the team, I don't think that's fair. Right. I think I could still look at Michael Jordan as an owner in the NBA and say, um, okay, for as competitive and how successful and how great as he was as a player, he could not take that on the floor as an owner. That's fine. But the previous guy who owned a team in Charlotte named the team the Bobcats because his name was Bob. That's where we were coming from in terms of maturity level, in terms of the owner. Like, you know, what are we talking about here? I don't I don't think that success in championships is the only way to gauge whether or not an owner's any good. The, if you the, keep the, the team the pro- there and the people is, like going, the problem is you're doing a good job. Jordan. Yeah. No, I get it. You see what I'm saying? I get it. I just don't think I, I, maybe to me what 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 were we going to expect here? Were, were there, it was suddenly 10 guys going to turn into Michael Jordan? Can I tell you what? He was so successful as a player mm-hmm. that he'll find a way to be successful okay. as an owner. You know the, the yeah. saying winners win. They just find sure. a way to win. Put them in any predicament, they're going to find a way to win. And it's not that Michael Jordan didn't win. The numbers would tell you Michael won. But Michael Jordan is known for 
a champion. He's known as the greatest player to ever do it. And to be associated with a franchise that had that little amount of success, that surprised me. You're right? talking about a guy, you're talking to a guy who watched him play two seasons for the Washington Wizards and right. get dumped out of town by Abe Poland. I've seen Wasn't medi- he supposed to be the owner I've there? I've seen or mediocre like Michael Jordan is what I'm saying. This, to me, hometown deal, hometown story, definite success. It's not like he bought you know, some random team. I mean, like this was a, I always felt like this was sort of labor of love for Michael. You know, that was the whole reason why the Charlotte team was the team he got. The guys from Wilmington, you know what I'm saying? Like North Carolina. I, I always looked at this as kind of labor of love. And if he didn't screw it up, meaning the team gets moved or something else completely ridiculous happens, he's doing a good job. I mean, that's, it's not that, it's not that hard to own a team in the context of once the thing moves, it moves. And if you don't mess it up, to me, that's Can plenty I, successful, especially if you sell it for $3 billion. But do you see where I'm coming from? That Would you consider him unsuccessful? On the floor, it's no question about it he was unsuccessful. Okay. I think, I think let, let me... Like you're saying, you wouldn't want, I don't know, the Lakers to sell to Michael Jordan. You would consider yes. that a downgrade. Yes. Okay. I do. And, and, and I, I, I will say this. It's the best example I have. Maybe if it wasn't Jordan... If Grant Hill bought the Charlotte Hornets 13 years ago, maybe my expectations would be different for the Charlotte Hornets because Michael Jordan is synonymous with the greatest basketball player to ever play. Yeah. And to go 6-0 in the NBA. So instantly you had, I'll give you an example. LeBron has been very vocal about wanting to own an NBA team. Mm-hmm. And you even remember, I think they were in, what were they in Vegas for? He just brought it up. He said, I want to own the Vegas team. It was, said I, flat I forgot out. how it was brought up. I think up. it was, that, was it a, was it a summer league situation? I can't remember. Okay. I can't remember, but to answer your question, yes, it was brought up and Braun was very vocal about, yeah. I want to own a team, expansion in Vegas. LeBron is considered one of the greatest to ever do it. I, I wonder if the, the, Immediately, I'm going to think of LeBron James as the guy's going to find a way to be successful. By the way, I think he has a much greater chance of being successful as an owner than Michael Jordan. In a weird way, I think LeBron is just kind of a, a more advanced version. He's got clutch sports, yeah, right. He's got the relationships with these players. He's kind That's of been. I guess he's kind of been a GM on a lot of on a lot of teams, <laughs> including the current one he's on. <laughs> including the current one he's on now. What will be the toughest thing for Braun is can you have success when you're not on the floor? Because if Braun has been a GM and he's got relationships and he's got clutch sports and there's this and there's that, well, Braun has always been the quarterback on the floor. What happens when you're not the quarterback anymore? Yeah. Now you got to sit in some suite and try to make the calls. You, since you've been talking about this, I've realized that I I guess I just hmm, I just have a, diff, a disassociated view of the owner's importance to success on the floor at this point of my life. And maybe that's foolish, but to me, especially in a league as small as the NBA, I don't know that I ever would have thought that Michael Jordan was going to take a team to a title. That was not like even in the realm of – I see what you're saying. Even with his that, but that personal wasn't, yeah, success. I, that never that, – because I remember, look, we went through an era in which, let's say, guys like, I don't know, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird – coached their teams. They didn't necessarily do particularly well. The, yeah. the bloom was kind of off that rose for me at that stage by the time Michael got to the ownership booth. I sort of felt like, again, it was more of a community thing as much as it was a, I'm trying to assert my will on the rest of the NBA. I thought it was good for the league mm. because, hello, Mike's still around. He's got input. He's got a team. If whatever happens, people associate Michael Jordan with basketball and so him being in the fray was as important as the success of the team. And I kind of think that's where I feel 
feel about LeBron, too. LeBron deserves a place in basketball after he decides to retire from playing. Whether or not that leads him to more Larry O'Brien trophies is one thing, but that's a having those people in the room is as much the win as anything that happens from a trophy standpoint for me. I, I, I don't know why I think this, but I think if, let's use Braun as an example, becomes owner of a, of a, of a expansion team in Vegas, mm-hmm. oh, they're going to have success. Okay, so you're, you, you see Braun as getting it done right off the bat. Whether it's right out the bat, I think he will find a way to have success. Okay. And, and, and I'm not talking about what the team is worth, the valuation, all that stuff. Put the numbers there. If, you, if anybody bought an NBA team at any point in their history, <laughs> yeah. they made a lot of money. Right. <laughs> now, I didn't know you can go in 13 years from 275 to $3 billion. That's a lot. What the hell are we doing with our lives? <laughs> But um, but I th- I think I think Braun would have success, which is which is kind of interesting. Fascinating. That is interesting because I might I might not disagree with you, but I just don't really know why. And you it, know? Well, I, could it just be because we've seen him have so much control of these franchise? In yeah, Cleveland, I he mean, was it, signing one plus one. I think every what you're getting year. at is LeBron James is simply smarter than Michael Jordan, or which, he's just had he's had the power to say yeah. I'm doing it my way, and if I'm sure. I'm so valuable that if I leave, you don't have anything here. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That they let him do whatever he wanted. I Woj said that the Lakers aren't going big game hunting. Um, is that a mistake for the Lakers, or is that the right thing to do? Plus, Emily walked into her first Apple store yesterday. And I'm very, very shocked that she had not been to Apple Store before. I could I probably spend thoughts on the Apple three store. hours there. Many and, thoughts. Uh, we'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sleeva Show. Yates in the house, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, so first time, Em? First time at an Apple store? Well, yeah. So, like, I typically just either, if I'm getting a new phone, I'll go to the AT&T store, and that's yeah. usually where I go for that. Or if I'm going to go and get a new laptop, I even, when I was in uh, college, I went to the college bookstore, and then my this is my first laptop that I bought since college, and I just ordered it online. So, so what been, what did you think? You walk in, and was it, because <laughs> it's funny. I, I It's so strange. There's a lot going like, on in there. I look up in the ceiling, and it's a direct reflection of me. I had no idea where to go, because everybody <laughs> was like in the midst of a conversation with someone else and it's like do I just sit down do I go talk right. to somebody do I do all this stuff there was living trees in the in the lobby too and I'm like where am I it's so big it's like I was inside of I don't know like a Buddhist temple but happened to also be surrounded by technology a zen retreat yeah oh and this guy was doing people it like do freestyle. worship apple so there is a little bit of this guy was freestyle yeah. djing in the front and then he was doing yeah so this is my little freestyle and i'm doing a podcast uh serum oh, like, in like, the heck. i was like this is so weird that's 
10 out of 10 awful for an Apple Store experience, just so you know that. That's <laughs> that's specifically bad. But here's the thing, and I don't, know, I don't know if you're old enough to remember this era of place, but like, you remember Circuit City? Yeah. Radio Shack, oh, yeah. Circuit City. Apple stores are really just Circuit Cities. Like, but like they play, clean and good lines, that stuff. only been once. What I'm telling you is that they play that experience up like it's some bespoke... Sleek thing, but oh, isn't no. that isn't that if Apple, you go into an Apple, Apple store to a T, the product has a they have developed this just from a marketing perspective. Yes, it is clean to a T. Everything is just perfect. The single worst thing about Apple are the stores. That's mm-hmm. the deal. Is because like you get there, they either ha- like and try, I've done I've dealt with a lot of Apple stores, and once you go you're at the mall, once you, that's true too. Once you go more than once, you realize oh, this is just smoke and mirrors. These people are really just glorified Circuit City employees, which is fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I didn't like, were if you need a real problem to get solved, you better plan out all day at the store. Oh, yeah, because it took an hour to get my AirPods checked, and they were like, oh, yeah, they don't work. I'm like, yeah, I know they don't work. Right. And they you just know, replaced them. I was like, yeah, thank you. It is not the high level retail experience that you might think if you're there for anything that's well, worth a darn. You said they're. They're not geniuses. Isn't it the genius bar? It is the genius bar. Now, <laughs> I will say this. Like what that. Apple does do well in the stores. That's the joke. And this is one of the that was funny. This is one of the more underrated parts of the stores, which I will say is in fact the best part of the store. The freestyling? The classes. They teach classes. So if you want to learn how to do something better on your product, you can go to the Apple store yeah. and there will be a person like that- a lot of work. Yeah, does, he was doing a podcast class and I was like, oh, maybe okay, that, Yeah, that's a little weird. And I don't mean like work, but it's like, hey, p- taking pictures well, with my I, iPhone. I, I go to the Google Sleep, Sometimes they take field trips. You go meet at the store, store. You leave the store with your stuff. They teach you stuff. You come back and you have learned a skill. It's like a little adult Damn. day camp. It's like camp. a, a, a meet cute Yeah, right. It's too. like a little you know, adult day camp thing. Those are cool. Dealing with people trying to get actual products, not cool. Tyler here. The, the only hey, go <laughs> ahead, What's Tyler. Up, Tyler. Tyler, thank you for thank you for being so here. So I I actually used to be the guy that would go to the Apple store to get my Apple products. Okay, and my experience has always been super facilitated. Really, whereas. I, and and granted, it might be because I've needed to make you know you you go online and you reserve your thing and then they're like oh your your product is ready to be picked oh, so up. You see, no, and no, no, you plan like that, step that alone and gets then you the person the facilitates your purchase, like my phone transfers and upgrading my Apple Watch and those kinds of things. So as long as you're ahead of the ball, yeah, you're organized. Right. As long sure, as you've yeah. got somebody on deck waiting for you to arrive, the experience mm-hmm. yeah. is pretty nice. I, yes. had a, I had a reservation yesterday. Oh, yeah. like, I, I did it, but then it's just like again. Who do I address here? Everybody's just walking around and like, okay, are you the person? And say, hey, I'm Emily. This is my reservation for this time, because they were all just wandering yeah, around talking real, to people. And I don't know what. I think yeah. I think this is safe to say, the fact that you guys made reservations and you and I connected oh, on the so fact. Oh, so you're straight no reservations. The, no. Fact, the fact that you and I connected that you might be taking a flight later yes. tonight to Philadelphia and have yet to book, and I felt like that was a connection. I think that tells you how. Yeah, the, and I are the, the days into of an impulse purchases are out the window. Everything yeah. I buy is impulse. I'm always, basically. I'm always order pickup anywhere I go. Wow. I go, I use the app because I want to be as streamlined as possible. I also want to get the points. I want to be aware. I, I like to know what I'm doing before yeah. I go someplace. So, which is why, like, I go to the Apple Store. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, and then I freak out. And I was like, wow. I need to have this thing planned. Sweet. As a Google Pixel owner, yeah, yep. what, is there is there a store for that? I mean, well, there's a podcast that I started. <laughs> oh, of course, of there's course. a podcast I started to kind of help you with. So how you're you the genius. Use, yeah, where's the Google store? Okay, yeah. Play, were, you yeah. The, were you the guy curious, in front though. of the Apple store when Emily walked in yeah. <laughs> doing the podcast thing? Yeah. 
seriously, where do you get your phone fixed though? Like if 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 it if it were to uh, break, there is not just like pixels d- ever break. But. Just like there's all these what are those fix it stores that are basically oh, all like so- authorized. <laughs> so there's no central <laughs> nervous system. Oh, so black system. market. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got yeah. It. yeah. Under the there's <laughs> a there's it. a guy in a van. <laughs> there's a guy in a van in Venice. Yeah. That I go to. That it's my all the, he's my neighbor. Yeah, he has curtains in the van. The whole thing. A lot yeah. more of those guys than you think out there. Yeah. yeah, but then also it's like when I was I, I told the Wetzel's pretzel story too, and I was doing that while I was waiting for uh, my AirPods yeah. to. Don't that come I at my phone, was... Taylor. <laughs> I, I got a side hustle, man. Come on. But <laughs> it. I was the fourth person in line for this Wetzel's pretzels, and it took me twenty five minutes. To order. How does that happen at a Wetzel's well, Pretzel? It's because okay. I was surrounded by middle schoolers. Yeah, but I even mean, middle schoolers, what are they also, doing? There's what's on the menu to take on, 25 hold on, minutes. Hold on here. You were already in for a dime and thus a dollar at the Apple store. So you're, you're waiting an hour anyway. What's 25 minutes at the pretzel shop? Who cares? Because That's a I'm lot standing of time. And I'm at, waiting at and I'm pretzels. smelling the pretzels and <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> what yeah. happened to the days what, of pulling a number? Like, can I be number 23? You're serving 12. I know I got, what, five they, minutes to That's go. Tyler, by the way. Yeah. Tyler here. Sorry. <laughs> my bad. They didn't have an app. They didn't have a thing that I could order ahead of time. And I had already spent my to- half of my time at uh, the Barnes & Noble She already browsing. read You'd already chapters. read three chapters of Twilight. Right. So. <laughs> and so then I went to Wetzel's Pretzels to wait because I was, I was really hungry and I didn't intend to eat because I didn't know how long I'd spend at the Apple uh, store. I see. So there was and some, so I was starving. So things were unraveling. This is yes. what I don't understand. I was hangry. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. <laughs> If you take a second at a new restaurant you've never been to because you're looking at the menu and you're trying to figure some stuff out, all good, all good. And that's fine. But like Wetzel's Pretzels, pretty easy order there, guys. They can't have more than 10 things to order. There's a pretty easy order there. When I go to Starbucks, God bless everybody at Starbucks. Why do they? Why does everyone in front of me look at the menu like Starbucks just opened and this <laughs> mm, is the first Americana. time they've ever seen them? <laughs> the <laughs> first time they've ever seen the menu. What's a pike? What do you mean? What's a pike? You were here yesterday. <laughs> Don't ask what a pike is. Yeah, but it was, it was peak middle school time because it was like, oh, the boys like, oh, that's my friend over there. Let me go hang out with him. I was like, again, this is lovely. This is this is your canon event that we're experiencing. You have to form this memory. If there's in you, anybody but not around me. I get it. If there's mega crotchety, I see today. If there's anybody oh, yeah. not to be in that line, it would be if, Emily. yeah. Exactly. I was on, I was line. so hangry. It was I needed this stuff. That's also how I realized I would never be good at Survivor because. I would get so hungry so fast. And just start taking people out, right? So Woj said this was, and was this yesterday that Woj said it? Yeah, it was on uh, Get Up. Okay, on Get Up yesterday. Um, I think this falls into Yates. Part of our conversation yesterday, Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, part of our conversation yesterday about what the Lakers should do, what the off is going to be like, all the different point guards that we've been talking about associated with the Lakers. Take a listen to Woj. But there's no big game hunting out there for this Laker organization. In this league right now, with a new collective bargaining agreement, you can't really pay, have three max contracts, three superstars, and expect to have any depth on your roster. It's going to look a lot the same, but think about a team next year that goes the entire season with Hachimura with Reeves as your starter. You know, they've got a chance to be very, very competitive in the West. Okay, so I'll say this, and there is something about the new CBA. There is something about about um, rewarding teams that are building from within, drafting the right guys, developing, making smart trades that might not be the biggest trades but could include KCP to the Denver Nuggets, signing a guy like Bruce Brown in the offseason that really Mm -hmm. went under the radar. Um, I'm, I know it's easy to just use the Nuggets as an example, um, but there are you're rewarded in a way in today's CBA, and this is what the NBA wants. When people say, you know what, it's bad for the NBA that the Denver Nuggets are in the finals against the Miami Heat. 
Okay, I get that. I understand that it's not LeBron, it's not the Lakers, it's not the Celtics, not this. You got 30 teams in the league. Do sure. you want do you want to have um a, a, six rotating the titles every year? Do you want a true opportunity for each market to have a legitimate shot or do you just want the 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 biggest markets? Right. Well, the NBA probably just wants the biggest markets, but ultimately at the end of the day, this is I think how it should be. You said something yesterday and we could do this coming up or coming back. You said something yesterday that you're so sick of how the Lakers keep recycling new players year in and year out. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, just maybe, the CBA will force the Lakers not to recycle new players, and we might get some familiarity with the roster next year. We'll do that coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Sliwa Show. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, so all week long, we've been getting these qualifiers to get a chance to get the ultimate luxury experience at the Pacific Palms Resort. I want to welcome in Rich Espinoza, who is the winner of the grand prize. Rich, thank you very much for listening to 710 ESPN. You excited, my man? Get you excited for this uh, this experience? Oh, definitely excited, man. I can't wait to go. Can I go today? Uh, yeah, you know, we could probably coordinate that. We probably coordinate. Okay, so who are you taking? I, I I guess I'll take my wife. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, you guess. You guess. Come, come on, on, Rich. Man. Come on, Rich. I, I kind of like that. He had the hesitation there. He had to think about it. He's got a couple of buddies in mind. He was maybe going to take Trav. Maybe he was going to invite yeah, Travis perhaps. to it. Well, Rich. Um, no, I'm going to take my wife. She also golfs. So, you know what? I'll take her and uh, have her enjoy herself there. Okay. What What are you most excited about? The two-night stay, the two rounds of golf, the dinner at the Red Restaurant? What are you most excited about? Um, all of the above. Man. I, know, I, I just can't wait, but uh, probably more of the, the golfing. Nice. Well, Rich, thank you uh, very much for uh, listening to 710 ESPN, and we're really, really happy that we're sending you out there for the grand prize. All right, my man? Hey, thank you guys so much, man. I uh, really can't wait for this. It'll be a nice little getaway. All right, that is Rich Espinoza. He's on his way to experience the ultimate luxury experience at the Pacific Palms Resort. How about that? Guy gets a two-night stay at Pacific Palms, two rounds of golf, dinner at the Red Restaurant. By the way, uh, Pacific Palms Resort, L.A.'s Hilltop, Hilltop Hideaway, and number one work-and-play resort. Book your next getaway at PacificPalmsResort.com. I thought he was going to take us. I thought maybe hope there was his, a chance. I hope his wife isn't listening. I mean, come on, dude. What are we doing here? I yeah. like that setup. You know, he's... Everybody, that's the joke. I'll take my wife. That's the maybe joke everybody goes for. And yeah. The only reason it doesn't work is, like, unless you have somebody that you're specifically mentioning who's not your wife, just putting it up in the air like that, that's not good for business at home. Yeah, I think for him, it was kind of like, you know, you said you go to the elevator and you just have a joke. <laughs> not all of them work. Some of them work. Some of them don't. I don't know if that one, uh, if that one paid off. So let, let's go back to Woj saying that the Lakers are not big game hunting. In a weird way, do you think that this could benefit the Lakers, that the CBA is the way it is, that mm-hmm. you don't really have space for? That's why there's a lot of chatter about the Boston Celtics, because you're going to give Jalen Brown the max, you're going to give Tatum the max. Are, do you believe you can win an NBA championship with those two players? Um, I know for the Lakers the situation is completely different, but right. they, you you got to put together the right 
supporting cast to complement the two stars that you have. The fact that the Lakers don't go big game hunting, they bring back the same team. If that's what happens, what are your thoughts if that happens? I think that this is going to help the team because, as I've been saying for three seasons, they're not operating like a modern NBA franchise with their fist system of roster construction. If nothing else, this forces them to at least look at how other people are doing it because the rules don't allow for otherwise. Now, my belief in why they need to be better at developing and better at talent evaluation and keeping players was not one that was based on any sort of concept of fairness as it relates to the rest of the league, not remotely. It was one, a concern of effectiveness, which is, well, this is how teams do it now, as in it works. And that to me, from a fan standpoint, I just mean a fan of the league standpoint, it's like, yo, this isn't operating well. Like this doesn't make sense. The only reason why you could consider it any sort of type of success is because you got a bubble championship. But other than that, yeah, this idea that we're just going to find the latest star off the heap and figure out the rest later, that's just not how the NBA works in 2023. And so the new CBA sort of pushes teams in a direction that incentivizes it, but that doesn't mean everybody's going to take advantage of it. I hope the Lakers realize, hey, we really got to get somebody that knows how to evaluate talent and not just the people we like are the ones hanging around. So I think you got to ask yourself this. I think the not big game hunting, I guess it just depends on what the definition of big game hunting is. Dame is big game hunting. Right? Yes, big time. Um, Bradley Beal, it's no. less, much less, but he's still a all-star player. Yeah. I think you can go uh, Fred Van Vliet. That's not big game hunting. Little but bit. it's a but it's a really really good point guard in the NBA that's had success. Uh, that that I but I wouldn't consider him big game hunting. I think we get stuck with this. All I want for the Lakers is this: mm-hmm. if it's D'Angelo Russell in that spot or not. Yeah, we talked at length about that yesterday. I want a vet point guard that knows what he's doing. I don't care if he. Nobody's saying that he. Big game hunting is you went out and got Russell Westbrook, and that's the contract definitely big was game. big game hunting <laughs> yes. because he was forty seven million dollars. Right. I don't care if that contract was Russell Westbrook or that contract was name another point guard that's been in the league for a while that would be a really, really good fit for the Lakers as long as it just fits. Yeah. I, it doesn't have to be. If you have, I thought D'Angelo Russell in the playoffs got wide eyed. A little right? bit. Where it's like, all right, well, they need me to do this. They need me to facilitate. I got to hit my jumpers. Yeah. And oh, by the way, Denver's guards are coming right at me. That Bruce Brown said after game one, game two, yeah, we're going after D'Angelo Russell. Right. And he kind of folded in that moment. They need a point guard that is been in the league long enough to where all that stuff don't matter. I, I could hit a big-time shot in the Western Conference playoffs, and it's not a big deal. I've done that. They don't need the best point guard. They don't need the highest-paid point guard. They just need somebody that fits. Let me ask you this question, Slee. What do you actually think is going to happen? I think D'Lo will be back. Okay, that's what you believe will actually occur. I believe D'Lo will be back because I also don't think there's this big market for D'Angelo Russell. I don't either. And I think the Lakers um, can re-sign him at probably at a reasonable level. Let me say this this a different way. Are the five players you think will be the starting five on opening day five players who are currently on the team? Yes. I believe that too. And that, to me, is a tremendous start. As I've said before, nobody. Yeah, I do think that. I think it will be nobody in the league is smart enough to be turning over three guys, four guys, five guys every single time you get a chance and have a good team. 
I, I just don't believe that is in within the framework of human possibility. Mm-hmm. I genuinely don't. There's just too many other teams that are doing things a different way from a competition standpoint for that system to work. If the five guys that start this season upcoming, excuse me, if the five guys that ended on the roster this season okay. are five of the guys that started on the season, mm-hmm. that is massive progress to me just in terms of the concept of accountability to yourself as a franchise. The reason why the turnover thing doesn't work is because it also forces you, it allows you to get into this feedback loop of, oh, well, I can just fix it, this, that. Like, no, man. That's not actually the issue. The issue is talent evaluation and getting guys together to play on the same page. Let's say hypothetically. They found a way. Let's say I'm just, this is a very much a hypothetical. Let's say another team valued D'Angelo Russell more than the Lakers did. Okay. And they were willing to do a sign and trade for D'Lo, and the Lakers got back a veteran point guard that they thought was just a better fit. That's- who? Okay, but who's that person? Like, I, I get it. Conceptually, mm-hmm. that's a thing. But tell me who that is, and then I'll tell you whether or not I think that makes sense. You I know? don't. I don't think it's good. Uh, and that's what I mean by conceptually. I'll use. I'll use as an example, but this is not the right example. Okay. It's not even actually worth the conversation because I don't think Toronto wants anything to do with D'Angelo Russell. But Fred Van Vliet, if he's going to walk away, and they, they can might say, try to they get can say, something all right, out of it. we'll get okay. something out of it. Sure. But Fred Van Vliet is a much better fit for the Lakers. So I, there's. Do I, you know that, or do you just think Fred Van Vliet's a better I, player? I, I believe he's a better fit and a better player. I, I mean, I don't I, fit. I can't speak to. Fred Van Vliet is a guy I like. He's been on a lot of veteran teams. And he's he's been, been on a, a lot of, of playoff. Yes. That, that's the part that's that what I you like. mean. Okay, fair yeah. enough. He's also just a better player. Mm-hmm. And if there's a situation where you're upgrading a player, Okay, but that—that's the point. Is sometimes we look at well, don't just don't turn over the roster. Sometimes you're turning over the roster because you genuinely think these are better players and a better fit. Lakers, but have that's failed at very that. hard. They to failed do. at right. That, that's what rust. I'm saying, and that's mm-hmm. why the real issue is actually talent evaluation. Mm-hmm. It's not just roster maneuverability. Those are not necessarily one in the same. And the track record so far for the front office in its current iteration is not one that lends me to believe that the talent evaluation is all that great. So that's why I'm like, man, this is tough. I cannot imagine if I was some diehard fan looking at new dudes every four months. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not... They had to do it this trade deadline. Well, you never had to do it to begin with after you won the title. Because a mistake that they made from Right. They're still paying the price for Mm -hmm. what they did after they won a title. And I don't know that you can fix the problem the same way that you broke the problem. You know what I'm saying? And so it's a very difficult situation. This is going to be a big decision, I think, for not just the team – but also for LeBron. Yeah. Let's not forget that LeBron owes is owed a reasonable amount of blame for the Westbrook situation. Whether or not you think it was the right idea or not, clearly he had a major influence in that. Of course that. he does. Ask DeMar yeah, yeah. DeRozan, no, no, who thought he, he was going to be on the sure, team. Sure. So there is something to be said for the accountability of LeBron in this situation as well. It's going to be a fascinating offseason if a move actually is made. I would like to see them say, hey, guess what? We went toe-to-toe with the NBA champions mm-hmm. in a four-game series. Might not have won a game, but it was the closest margin that they had of any team that True. they beat. Yeah, Denver had a much bigger We can just stay Rangers. healthy and get better. That, to me, is always something that I think is an option that not, a lot, not enough teams But then take. I'm going to go back to where you're going to pull your hair out of your head. What? Okay, but if you need to make some moves before the trade deadline. Right, but how many moves can you make and still be the team that was the team that played that well against the Nuggets? Maybe one my point. Maybe one. Okay. They made... They made 
They, if they I give changed, you a snacker, you're going to take lineup. the whole bag. They changed the lineup. They got five new players at the trade. I'm not telling you this is the, the foundation of how it should be done. They changed five new players and then got to the Western Conference. Right. Finals. So stop with the changes already. That's what I'm saying. I'm, and I don't mean that for the sake of saying that. Yeah. I just mean that, like, man, it seems really hard to be good when you're changing your team that often, as evidenced by, hello, the lack of success of the team. All right, you were at the Dodger game yesterday? Two nights ago. All right, two nights ago. Taylor was Taylor at the was Dodger shaking game people down yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. Taylor, Taylor was plus 20 because he sold his Kershaw bobblehead, negotiated <laughs> for 30. She said, all I got is 20, and she started walking. It was like the garage sale. <laughs> it took right? me all of 10 minutes to spend that money, too. I'm yep. not sure. Oh, yeah, great. no, spending yeah. it is, that's no problem at Dodger Stadium. Get a pretzel. Um, I I thought last night was a, a, a big moment for the Dodgers, at least so far this year. They're down 4 nothing. The bullpen's been awful, even Taxed. though the bullpen went yesterday six innings without giving a run. Bulk relievers. Chris Taylor comes up in the sixth, and this happens. Now the Dodgers have the tying run at the plate in the form of Chris Taylor. Hits one in the air, and he's tied the game! A no-doubt grand slam! Big moment. Uh, you think it leaks into the series against the Giants, or you think it's just, hey, it's the, a moment and that's it? The Giants are a lot better than a lot of people think. Yeah. I hope it leaks into the series because this is 36 also— 36 and 32 Giants won four games in a row. Bro, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. This is also like, all right, we had the early part of the season where you were dropping series to the Snakes and the Rocks and all these other teams. All right, got back on track. All right, Philly and Cincy were a bit of a road. This is the real deal. This is the real deal, and they're coming into this series shorthanded, talking about bullpen games, this new term that I can't deal with anymore when you got an opener and then a guy they call a bulk reliever. Like, that's where the Giants, excuse me, the Dodgers are coming up against the Giants. This is a real test, Mm. and not just a proverbial test as to what's going on. Big test for the Giants, too. Yeah, division games that matter. This is where you hope everything can come together. So, yes, it's big in the sense of you got to win before a series that's a rivalry series, but... There's so many things that have happened in this season that that one win to me doesn't necessarily stand out a ton outside of for Chris Taylor specifically, who needed to get off the schneid. It's a, it's a fun weekend at Dodgers yeah, Stadium. It's a good one. Dodgers, yeah. Giants, Giants actually playing some good baseball as well. It's a good little, it, it's early, but these are fun matchups to get. Ed Sheeran starting the night, Emily? That's the guy's name? No, it's Emmett. <laughs> I'm joking. Ed, Emmett Sheehan. This is yes, name. Emmett Sheehan. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to go. Ed Sheeran catching strays all over the place. <laughs> I mean, listen, you know, you sound, your name sounds like Ed Sheeran. I'm going to say your name sounds like Ed I'm going to go tomorrow night, uh, Padres, Petco. Okay. I'm going to go to the game at Petco tomorrow night, uh, Tampa in town. Oh, good team. Damn. That'll be a nice little matchup as well. Tampa's fantastic. You bring in Rook. So last, last thing I want to see is uh, a, a team that's 50 and 22. <laughs> Smoking people. Are you bringing the dog down? Uh, no, no, you, dog won't go down. You can't bring. Can't you bring dogs into the park? There? There's specific. There's, there's a left field dog park, right? Oh, there, there is. There is an area that you could bring your dog. I don't know. Is that any game? Or aren't they specific games that Tyler, you can here, do? I'm pretty it? sure you can bring uh, your <laughs> animals with you into Petco Park. I think yeah, so. I think well, they say the they say like Sir Taylor loved the Tyler here. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Pretty also, funny. just realized that if you're not letting pets into Petco, what are we doing? That's here? what I'm saying. Yeah, okay, that's the whole <laughs> yeah, point. That's I'm pretty I mean. sure. Yeah, like, like so the there's deal. a lot of times where it's like, hey, service animals only, sure. all that stuff. And my girl will joke around. She's like, nobody's going to know. I'm like, rookie is the he's most. He's not a service animal. They also do, jump. because service animals wear 
vests and stuff. Like right, that. but I'm saying yeah. if you put no, a vest could, on I, rookie, people want, would still know that's not a service. If animal. I want a vest, I could get one. Taylor's got connections everywhere. Vest, I, can, I can get these out yes. in the black rookie market. Rookie is very all day long. cute, but I would it's, not say he's a service that's animal point. level. That's my no. point. Listen, trained. when we were at the pickleball madness tournament, I'm standing on the side just watching a pickleball game. Rookie comes screaming out of the no crowd. Idea what's going on. Yeah, no idea. Running all over yep. the court, jumping over fences back and forth. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Even if you put a sign and a vest on rookie, no chance people would think well, that was a Well, and star. any loud noises, he goes crazy. Love it. Which not is great in, for a ballpark. Yeah, yeah, not in a good way. We tried going to the uh, the Rose Bowl parade, and we were like two blocks away, and he heard a couple drums. He's like, guys, I'm going back to the house. Just <laughs> let me know if you guys need anything. Okay, we got the uh, we got the dump coming up next. Stay right here. Travis and Slee with 710 ESPN. All right, so I know you're a big hip-hop fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Tupac Shakur would have been 52 years old today. So usually we have celebrity uh, sure. birthdays. Um you know, it's interesting. I, I, I have not got a chance to see it. It's streaming on Hulu, that Dear Mama documentary. I've not watched that. I've not watched it either. I, I'd like to watch it. I have not seen it. But it's funny. I, I go back anytime I – I don't listen to hip-hop as much as I used to. You Me and neither. I, you and I yeah. have had the I mean, I, I listen to – a decent amount of hip hop these days, but not a ton. Like for I used, me, yeah. back in the day, it was Nas, it was Most sure. Def, it was. You, uh, if you listen Outcast. now, is it always old or is it? Not new? always, but for the most part, like I, there's not a lot of new rap. Not because I'm like, oh, these kids don't know how to rap these days. I just don't have time to be following music yeah, like that the way that I used to. Well, yeah. no, I, I think for me, it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me anymore. Like, yeah, I don't I don't You're know in a what, different phase of life. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. I'm in my 70s roots rock re- yeah. reggae. <laughs> right. Um, I'm listening to yacht rock, bro. Like, you know, that's what I'm doing and electronic, you know. I li- you know what I do listen to a lot of? To? I listen to a lot of hip hop instrumental music that doesn't have words. That's okay. Big I'm on right that. that. Big sound, on that. Yeah. Yes, big lo-fi energy. Shouts to my man Kimchi Criminal, whose album Ayo. What was I listening? What was it called? Some of the best mixes. Bodega beats? No. Some of the best mixes. Mm-hmm. You can have hip hop beats and it goes for two hours and it's on YouTube and it's just, hey, leave that thing alone that's, and let it That's do what I thing. do all yeah. the time. That's that's where yeah. I'm at. That's how I operate with music these days. Um, okay, so tomorrow, June 17th, 1994, is a very, very historic day that. So many big things were going on. I'm going to read this here, and I think you'll know exactly oh, what I know we're exactly about once what we're we go. Doing. So yeah, across I, the country- I remember where I was that day. Number of high-profile sporting events and headlines rocked the news landscape. The events of the day will later be profiled in the 30 for 30 documentary, June 17th, 1994. It's the day that O.J. Simpson is arrested in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, by the way- After that's, the car chase. That's the police chase by the LAPD. Oh, yeah. An estimated- 95 million people watch the coverage of the chase. Can I tell you something funny about that? I used to work with a person who said that for whatever reason, in her life at this time, she was being wooed by this guy. And the guy said, hey, pack something for warm weather, pack something for cold weather. Here's the ticket. Get on the plane. She flew to Japan. Took all day. Took day and a half, whatever. Got off the plane, missed the entire OJ chase. I was like, I I don't know who I'd be Damn. if I if I had missed 
that moment in America what, where, as where, like a thing. Where were you? What were you doing? Because I, I was I'm, sitting I'm, in my basement watching the Rockets play the Knicks, and they cut into that game. That's why I remember where I was because I was watching my television in my room. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we're I, what, 12, Yeah, I was years a old. kid. Yep. You know what I mean? It was the middle of the summer. I wasn't doing anything except waiting around for baseball practice to start. Like, I, can you imagine though if you'd missed the chase entirely? Like, what kind of a person you'd be? Okay. Like, so I, I'm, well, yes. I'm the same way. I was at. At this age? Oh, I of can't even think of that. people, I was at Cousin Slee's house. Or, yeah, okay. Cousin, hey, Slee's Cousin Slee. House. I was yeah. there watching the same thing, watching right. the Knicks, <laughs> right. watching the Knicks finals. So the same time the OJ chase is going on, in New York City celebrates the Rangers' first Stanley Cup victory since 1940. Oof. Okay. Um, series tied 2-2. The Knicks win game five of the NBA finals versus the Rockets at Madison Square Garden. There at was, Soldier Field in Chicago, the FIFA World Cup begins with the opening ceremony. There were wacky. There was wacky golf that day too, right? Arnold Palmer plays his final U.S. Yep. Open round, shooting 81 at Oakmont, his home state of Pennsylvania. Right. This, this will be... This interesting. I'm actually curious to ask Mason and Island when we get to that point of crosstalk. Is everybody has their stories? Everybody has here. Here's where I. Here's where I was, and here's what I was doing. Um, they will be interesting. Oh yeah. I don't know, and I. They may have told the story before, but from a news perspective, what they were doing because they're right. in the industry and everything. They else. were all yeah. They were at a different point in their of their lives for sure. Speaking of the OJ chase, I, yeah. I've told you this story before, but like when they did the thirty for thirty about him, Ezra, who directed it and made it, is a friend of mine. He's from DC. I know him, mm. and they had the directed it and made it. Yeah, the guy wow. Ezra. He's made he's made the thirty for thirty about John Thompson too. Mm. Um, they had the 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 screening of it in Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. and everybody in the movie was there, mm. but these people hadn't seen each other. In forever. So, like, Cato Caitlin comes strolling in, mm. and all these other random characters from my past. And I was just like, this is weird. Would so Cato Caitlin be as important if his name wasn't Cato? Absolutely Kalen. not. He wins the all name team draft <laughs> and he's every day of the week. Yeah. You know, he was an LA radio host for a few years. I did know that. And Cato Caitlin was there, and like all the people in this, like all those characters you remember from the courtroom and all these goofy rumors and all these things, they're all just there. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is weird. Why am I here? It was very interesting. Hello, Chris. For the table. For the table. Exactly. Well, speaking of, I was sitting next to Eric Garcetti who ordered, guess what? Prosciutto for, for the, the table. table. It was great. For the table. Okay, we got a U.S. Open update. We can. Yes, indeed. The 123rd U.S. Open at Los Angeles Country Club. By the way, you know how much of that property? Did you guys cover that? You covered it, right? No. You did the story? That property is worth $8 billion Ooh, in today's what? price. If wow. you were to sell that land right now, $8 billion dollars. Of course, they're not They're not doing that. But. Let me go to the bank right quick. By the way, we now have a three-way tie. Still, Wyndham Clark minus eight. Okay, total. Minus two okay. today. We're getting ready for Ricky and Xander Shoffley to tee off. Ricky will tee off at 1.32 p.m. Ricky. Xander at 1.54. Those are your leaders. Nice. Meanwhile, Dustin Johnson is moving up. The 2016 U.S. Open champion. He is mm-hmm. minus five. Rory is at minus five. Tony Finau, minus four. Tied for 11. Bryson DeChambeau, he'll tee off at 1.10 p.m. He's minus three, along with Scotty Scheffler, will tee off at 1.43. They're all at minus three. And the course appears, finally. After yesterday looked, you know, we saw some really low scores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's starting to get him a little bit. Get back, get back on track So here. maybe Brooks Kepka with his even par so far, will hold. Will Phil Mickelson at plus three make the cut? Please pick. Where's the cut line going to drop? I'm rooting for the course. Yes, yeah. always root for the course. The course has also conquered you today, I see, as well. I'm a little worn out, and I am wondering if I need to get on the Phil diet, because seeing him up close, 
Is that Ozempic that he's using? I mean, I don't know what he's doing. How much? Has well, he that's lost? the rumor on Twitter. What has he, he lost? I don't know what he's lost, but he looks. Everybody's on Ozempic these days. It's the new fad drug to lose a bunch of weight. That's the deal. It's so technically we... for something else, but yeah, it yeah. works. Yeah. So okay. should we get Ozempic? Yeah, let's try oh, it out for oh, the table. It's oh, very it. expensive. Is it really? Ozempic. Really? Yes. I need some... Like a grand. Oh, yeah. well, I asked Travis's uh, wife, the great Susan Rogers, who's a nurse, I said, you well, know Well, unless any... you need it and it's prescribed to you, and then you can get it. Yeah, I don't yeah, go to the doctor. Yeah, Taylor knows a guy. I need, a guy. Yeah. I need you black like market that. Ozempic. And I said to Su- <laughs> Susan, like, you're a nurse. You got to know somebody. Can we get it off a truck for the table? This <laughs> did US she answer Open... the question, or did she just like walk away? She just chuckled. <laughs> uh-huh, Chris, you're great. I like when I see you. The U.S. Open <laughs> leaderboard update was brought to you by Pinehurst Resort at Pinehurst. It is someone's U.S. Open every day. Visit Pinehurst.com now to plan your stay, of course, 2024. The site of the U.S. Open will be Pinehurst, and John Ireland's going this summer to Pinehurst, apparently. Chris, since you're here, we were just talking about this. June 17th, 1994. What were you doing that day? That's right. So, no, today's June 16th. The night of the chase, I was at the Dodger game with my dad. Okay. And remember, this is 1994. Yeah. So the technology, we didn't have any, people had televisions that they had maybe bought for the basketball game, right? In front of us in the seats, and we were sitting in the loge section, which back then was orange. And then all of a sudden, they put the chase on the scoreboard. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Are you serious? the stadium erupted. I mean, that's a great bit of producing is what I'm saying. Did you see... How many people, an estimated 95 million people, were watching the coverage of the chase? No doubt. Unbelievable. There was nobody bigger at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, now it seems like a normal thing for somebody in sports to yeah. cross over. Back then, I knew OJ as a kid from the Naked Gun movies and the, and the, the Hertz commercials. ads. Commercials. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. like, my dad telling me like one time, like, oh, no, he played football at USC. He was a fo- NFL player. And I was right. like... Oh, I just thought OJ was the funny guy from Naked Gun. <laughs> then all of a sudden, oh, he murdered his wife. I mean, this city was taken over. Damn. This country was taken yeah. over. It's the beginning of reality television. Did you Absolutely. ever watch? Yeah. Did you watch the Thirty for Thirty? Of course, 30 for Thirty. They did. Which yeah. one? The one about the day or the one about OJ? Because it was, I watched, the day. I watched I watched everything. I watched the one yeah. that was the day. You're the talking about Made in America. Made in America's one. That's what Ezra did. Made in yeah. America yeah. saw that, but the one they had that was just the day. The that's day. Had, yeah. About the, the sports. It's a pretty cool one. Everything yeah. else coming into play. Man, can you imagine sitting in the ballpark and watching a chase on the? Dodger and there was the FX one with David Schwimmer playing. Oh, that uh, one was actually Kardashian. quite good. People versus OJ Simpson. Yeah, that yeah. one was actually quite entertaining, it and it offered a nice little look at sort of the drama of the situation. You know what's kind of funny is you can see how many different versions of that or documentaries have been made on it. Everybody still consumes it, of yeah. course. Like think I mean, about think about if it's another topic or an event. It's like all right, I got enough of this. That one still gets consumed. It's hard to overstate how big of a deal. You're right. How big of a deal. Because we were living in a different framework. Mm-hmm. Like, for to be big then was different than it is to be big now because not everybody was available at all times. OJ was accessible. And you know KNX 1070 here, the big news talk, news station, right? Yeah. News radio. They ran the OJ trial on radio. They flipped format for that entire stretch and wow. ran. Uh, John probably remembers that when KNX was just running the trial every day. Why That's do I how have big a, it was. That, why do I have a, a feeling deal. that. John and Steve will have stories left and right about June. So tomorrow is uh, June 17th, 1994, the anniversary of that. Why do I feel like... Do you guys talk about 30 for 30? We talked about both of them, but our question to you guys were, as seasoned media veterans, we were kids in our basement watching the NBA Finals. Right. What were you doing on that day? Morales says he was at the ballpark I was at the Dodger game, and everybody was watching it on their big, giant... In their lap, right. mobile televisions. So because I've had 19 different twists and turns in my career, 
Mm -hmm. That night, I was broadcasting. That year, I was the television announcer for the San Diego Soccers, the San Diego indoor soccer team. Remember that team? Still at the sports arena. Right. (laughs) I was at the the sports arena that night, and the Soccers were this, like, dynasty. Yeah. They they won. They would win the indoor soccer title every year. Sure. Mm -hmm. So their games were always packed. And I'm doing the game. It's like the middle of the second quarter. And I'm looking around, and there's nobody in the stands, which made no sense because when the game started, the place was full. So we get to halftime, and I walk upstairs, and everybody's in the concourse, like six, seven deep, watching the OJ chase on the big screen and the NBA Finals in the small screen. NBC, who had the rights to the NBA Finals, reduced it to a small screen and, and put the OJ chase on. Yeah, that changed market to market. They cut off the game completely where I was. I remember the game. Th- there was they no left. more. There was no Rockets game. Knicks was done as soon as the juice and Cowley's <laughs> got on the move. In New York at the Madison Square Garden. Straight up, you know. And where I remember we- it was a lot like uh, COVID in this sense. Nobody knew what to do. Yeah. And and like KNX, what, what Chris was talking about, I remember – I'm friends with Jim Hill. And, yeah, this and, was the best. And 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 they they said to Jim Hill because KNX was located inside the CBS building. Yep. They said, "You know OJ, get down here and talk, talk to and, and OJ. And so, and this so, is Jim. So yeah. And so Jim Hill is literally going as if as if OJ was listening. KNX on in the car, and and Jim literally calls John McKay, the legendary USC coach, and he goes, Jim's like. Grassman at Strauss, he's like, Coach, if OJ was listening right now, what would you say? OJ, this is Coach. <laughs> Pull over the car. <laughs> it was the weirdest that thing. That is bizarre. Like, yeah. I did not know yeah, that story. I didn't know that either. They, yeah. they pull into Rockingham and we're <laughs> OJ, like. OJ, it's me, you Coach. Remember, you remember that, I think his name was Jason, OJ's son. Yeah, it was. Sprinted out of the house towards the car and the cops all drew guns at him. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they didn't know if he was going to hurt sure. somebody. Sure. Yeah. Hurt somebody or hurt his dad and blah, blah, blah. And so guns drawn. On, like 10 cops pointing guns at Jason as he's running and Al Cowling sits out of the car and he's pushing Jason away and he's like Jason like ready to fight him like let me talk to my dad and he's, he's like get away from me get away from the car your dad is suicidal he's got a gun to his head if you run up to him he's gonna shoot himself I and remember Jason's that part. like yeah. F you and he starts hitting AC and Cowling's is big so he gets him and shoves him out of the way so now we got 10 cops with guns drawn oh, yep. we got Jason Simpson and Al Cowling's fighting, oh. and OJ in the car with a gun to his head. Craziness. It was the weirdest night maybe ever. Where were you, Mason? I was uh, hosting a show for CBS Radio called The Gil Gross Show. I was in New York. So I the weirdest that show. You remember that show? Yeah. yeah. So the weirdest thing about it was, uh, here I am, I'm doing a show in New York while I'm watching OJ driving through the streets of what was basically my neighborhood mm. at that wow. point. Um, and I remember doing that show all week long, and the second night the producer was like, okay, here's my idea for an hour. Um, should they take OJ's bust out of... Uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I'm like, let's slow our roll a little bit. (laughs) The guy has not been convicted of anything. I don't think we're ready for that. But it was very weird to see it happen, you know, when I was 3,000 miles away. Speaking of that, nobody knew, even to this day, what protocol should be about OJ, the football player. Mason and I at the time would do one show a week from Heritage Hall. 
because we had the USC contract back mm-hmm. then, and Pete Carroll would come and sit with us, and we'd do a couple segments with Pete. And do you remember they had all the Heisman guys with a plaque and a description? Yep. And they left OJ's jersey in there, but ripped away everything else. No plaque, no description. It was just there. And, of course, all, the only thing people were coming to see was, was whether OJ. or not they yeah. left OJ's right. stuff in there. And then at the Coliseum with the jerseys, for a couple of games they had OJ, and then he just – magically disappeared. Yep. Oh, and now, nobody, I, now I Al Cowling has a building name. I was him, telling so. you, I'm like, I want to know where they <laughs> were. Yeah, that was a good yeah, call. I know it was yeah, a that was a very good call. Let, let's start some uh, super crosstalk. I'm Steve Mason. This is my verbal font. <laughs> well done. Um, <laughs> verbal I'm not, font. I'm not going to get on the same high Brand horse. Brand new term. Yeah, that's where I got. I learned it from our Triple new boss. B. Um, Triple B. <laughs> I'm not going to get on the same horse that I was on earlier, but okay. I do want to know. Were you surprised by 25 games? Was that higher or lower than you thought it was going to be for John Murray? Way lower. Um, I think Adam Silver has underestimated um, how much gun culture is a thing in mm-hmm. this country. And I think that he is going to be, and I'm a big Adam Silver fan, Yep. I think he is going to be heavily criticized for the rest of the day for shooting too low. No pun intended, obviously. Um, not I, enough games. Not yeah, enough. Not enough. I completely had agree. David, not enough games. Had David Stern been the commissioner, this would have been 50 to 75 games minimum. Got an update from the Players Association. Uh, this tweet, thank you, Emily. Woj just tweeted this. It says, the, it's, it says the National Basketball Players Association is unhappy with the length of John Morant's suspension and the arbitrary nature of the conditions for his return. That's the part I actually agree with, Sleeper. We we're talking about this. Quote, we believe it's excessive and inappropriate for a number of reasons to make a Tremaglio says. My point was this, Mace, was just, just that the generalized concept of conduct detrimental to the league, mm-hmm. I need a lot more detail on. Because when it comes to things specifically like guns that are such a touchy subject in this country, if some people do things, it's considered one thing. If other people do things, you don't really know. So people like me, who are not big gun heads, there's not a big ton of difference between watching somebody shoot a thing in a backyard and somebody fooling with a gun in a strip club. There isn't. Now, the people who are into guns, there are. And I do think that's the nature of what the NBPA is talking about here. Like, let's get the rule right and not just say, yeah, we don't like that, so therefore you get this. I yeah, think it's an I, interesting discussion. I think the rule should be really clear. Don't play with guns when you're on camera representing the National Basketball Association. I mean, that that to me. Now, the other part of it is, oh, and afterwards he's going to have some counseling and it's going to have some treatment, all that. Well, he already did that once. Allegedly, I'm sure. yeah. I, I'm and not two sure what that's going to do again. The exact same thing. Exactly. He just repeated the same mistake. So um, I, I guess... I'm sure this will be appealed on top of everything else. Of course it will. Yeah. And it may, Well, that what you just read, Clinton, right. is, and it is may, clear sign it will be appealed. And it may dial back even a little bit more in the case of an appeal, but I still think they started with too few games as a penalty. I agree, and I feel that there's an element of this that is a little too related in the punishment world. Ja is a kid that clearly has lost control of a certain part of his life, and I feel like this is a real opportunity for the NBA to say more than just we're throwing away the key. Hey, we need to get this kid some help. Yes. Hey, here's what but gun safety think, means. But don't, but don't you think they're going to do that? I don't know that because I don't like it the way they shoddily handled it the first time. Do you see what I'm saying here? You would have done that from I, the beginning yeah, I, if you actually see, exactly cared. What you're saying. If you actually cared, you would have done this from the beginning. And forget the punishment. What's going on with the dude? What's going on with the franchise right. that has gotten things to this point? I don't think that they can just throw game suspensions at job right now and expect that to change anybody's life. So what? So what else? Like I, I guess this is my problem. Is what else are they? I think the NBA will do everything they can to try to help him. I might yeah. be wrong here, but he's also one of the best players in the world, and it's in their best interest to have John Morant out on the floor. 
what else? How much of this just also falls on the responsibility of John Moran? Well, I mean, do you know, to me, if you make this extremely punitive, um, to me, that sends a different message. I think he's going to wind up losing seven million dollars sure. or something like that. And didn't he? Didn't this stop him from getting on the first team, second team, or third? Yes, which it, also it changed his escalator contract. Thirty yes. plus million or whatever yes. that yeah. is. But I mean, t- to make it more punitive, I think was was the right play here because. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, gun culture is uh, obviously I'm not I'm not a gun culture guy. It's not my world. I used to shoot, uh, you know, deer when I was a kid, I used to hunt stuff like that, but uh, wouldn't own a handgun by any stretch of the imagination. But the one way to make sure that uh, the John Morant changes the way he approaches this is to make it extremely punitive. Yeah. And and this is really a slap on the wrist i just do wonder what this would look like if it was i said this example and i'm not trying to say to my if this is tyler hero shooting an ar-15 in his backyard in georgia or whatever it may be i do wonder what that looks like and just frankly as a black person in america because when you see these things that are just like yeah we don't like that we're getting you out of here it just feels that the concern is more about them saving face than it is about although, actually educating anybody on although anything. if tyler hero is in a club with a bunch of uh uh dancers sure and if and, he's in a public area with a gun yeah right, right yes that's different than i'm shooting targets uh, okay but like i'm saying to some people it isn't and that's where the question becomes i think for a lot of people and that's where my questions are for the nba what constitutes as who is the judge of what is detrimental as far as certain things are concerned? Is there, is, I think it's a reasonable question for the NBP right. to ask. And in terms of Major League Baseball, it's always best interest of the game. I don't sure. think that actually that, – that's actually written down in a rule book. Right. I don't think best interest of the game is written down in the NBA – Handbook. There is a bylaw, but I'm is not going to get into all that. It's all right. about it's about, but what it's about, Mace, is it's about what you do when you're on NBA property, right. and entities, and so on and so forth. Neither of neither neither of which was the case with John. right. So to to give this a little perspective, when Gilbert Arenas, uh, they were playing Boo Ray. Yep, this yep. Game, on which the, is on a the card plane. game yep. on the plane, and Javaris Crittenden and uh, Gilbert Arenas got into a dispute, and Arenas took a gun out of his locker and put it on the table and went, you want to keep talking Four here? Four guns he took. Yeah, he goes, you want to keep talking here? You know, blah, right. blah, blah. Just as a show of, you know, don't mess with me kind of thing. But that's yeah. kind of a threat. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Because matter. of that, David Stern suspended Gilbert Arenas 75 games and mm. called him into the office and said, if you appeal this, I'm coming after your contract. Mm. And he said, you can. You can appeal it. It's your right. If you do, I'm coming after your contract, which I think at the time was worth like $60 million. He was making a ton and, of money. And, yeah. Arena, and Arena said, all right, I'll take it. Yeah. And yeah. Went back thing. Adam Silver says, 25 games and you can come back and all is well. I, I don't get it. I, I'm with you. And to be clear, Mace, even though my feelings about the rationale from the NBA I think are inconsistent, I would have suspended him a year. Like, I, 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 I would do, have too. I do I think that the, I do season, think yeah, that this that's is That's the message, Mace, yes. you're talking yeah. about. That's, that's, and I know that sounds contradictory. That makes sure. Uh, John Morant never again does this. I know that sounds contradictory, but I do think if you are actually in the interest of helping him, get off the basketball court. Right. Get off the basketball court and get your life together, and then we can talk after that. That's... That's my. By the way, I think it's. Is it me or is there like a chance of snow flurries in the studio? It is Bro, so friggin' cold. It's cold, cold it inside. So it's cold, cold outside. I was it in the sun it was in cold four in months. The conference. It's cold. It's, a lot going it's cold. On. A lot going on. I wanted to ask Emily about the uh, the Alamo Draft House, which you talk about all the time. I have never been there. What am I missing? 
So what I like about it is that they have both like the big name movies, any movie that you want to go to, but they also have like super indie movies um, that aren't going to be released a lot of other places. And they also do like re-release old movies. So like yeah. I think this weekend they're doing like the Birdcage. They do like a lot of like Pride um, like stuff for the month of June. Sure. But they kind of do stuff based on like what's happening now. And then they do like brunches specific, so you can get food that's like specific to this like movie. So you can, oh okay. if, like, it's eaten this movie, you're gonna have it on your menu there. So I like that. I How have. How many screens? They have 10 screens. Oh, nice. 10 screens yeah. and uh, varying in size, but they're ne- none of them are that big. They don't have IMAX, but they do show stuff on 35 millimeter a lot. So What part kind of, of town is it in? It's in the, at the block here in downtown. Yeah, okay. it's right up the street. They, yeah. That's where they make their money is in the re-releases of popular films. So like yeah. you say, like when Top Gun Maverick I came like out, they're showing Top Gun the yeah, week like before. That. Yeah. That, that's how they operate. Or like White Man Can't Jump before yes. the re-release. Exactly. And like they do stuff yeah. that's kind of themed based off of what's ever happening right now. And they also do like Q&As with like famous directors and people in the movies. You, you got to take me to the Alamo Draft House. When Come the with thing me whenever right. you want. Yeah, I would definitely. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I would go to the Grove with you. I want to go like... <laughs> do you you want to live You want to live the life of Emily Hebel? <laughs> just for a day. I want to be being bad. Emily just for a day. You know where she went? I watched that stories. show. I watched that program. You can go play trivia with her yeah. friends at the bar. Exactly. I've done that. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it works a, out. Yes. Do you know where she went yesterday for the first time in her life? Well, I heard she was at the Grove. That wasn't it, was it? Okay. What is your favorite product? At the Grove? No. What is your oh, favorite? What do you oh, use? Apple. Apple. So yeah. First time she ever went to an Apple store. Oh, you're kidding me. First time. <laughs> well, she yeah. Ever been so to like an I, Apple I store. usually buy it like online, or I go to the ATT store to get my new iPhone. The Youngs don't use there. brick and mortars oh, these days. Oh, I tell you what, the <laughs> Apple store though is like a totally different thing. I I, I yeah. think it's a little overrated. Oh I, no. I, I think I think the best thing about Apple stores are in fact the classes that they teach, where you can learn how to do stuff and you can become part of a community, bro. At least the one in Santa Monica that I go to yeah, all the time. Santa Monica. Might as well be a circuit city. Might as well be a circuit city. You to one of the Google Pixel stores. Yeah, oh, the Google <laughs> Pixel store, it. I'm sure, just blows You'll me away. will blow me away. Yeah. <laughs> Super Cross Talk is brought to you by In N Out Burger. In N Out Burger, that's what a hamburger is all about. Mason and Ireland coming up next.